For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? Uh, welcome to On My Block, the Green Bay Packer Podcast. I'm your host, Amon Green. I'm along with my good friend and now feeling better teammate, Mike Wall, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. I just, we were just talking off air. I had COVID. I didn't yeah. think I could get COVID. Yep. And uh, AG, you just laughed at it, but I, I would have bet a large sum of money and probably one of my children that I was in my COVID was not going to touch this body. Like I, 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 my, my son and right. I are like, dude, we got wolf's blood, man. Like we cannot get hurt. Like we can't, we we're not invincible. We're not immortal, but like COVID's not going to hit us at all. And I woke up feel, I went to bed feeling great last two weeks ago. And I freaking woke up the next morning and I felt like I got hit by Amtrak, man. I felt like it just came through and just the, the, the train just ran right over my ass. And, uh, yeah. The good thing about this COVID now is, is you get a new symptom every day. So it's not like you're just, you know, it's not like you feel like a certain way, like one, you know, for like five days in a row. I had five different symptoms right, five right. days in a row. It was amazing. What an amazing experience. How much fun is that? It, yeah, I, I've been through it. It was last September for me, right as the school started and esports season started. I did an event. I, I think it was the event I did with Gilbert at one of his campgrounds as he does in southern wisconsin so the southwestern and because i hosted and i was on the mic all day and i think i had the mic in my face all day so boom and then the next day that's what i felt like mac truck Derek brooks just hitting me continuously times over and over again that's how i felt but it was only two days it was like but i felt more like i had a high fever like i've had the flu before when i was a kid mm -hmm. um so i thought it was the flu and then we i was telling i was saying with you i was telling my wife and it's, it's not covid it's just the flu. yeah i was like I'm a little sluggish. I'm going to just nap it out. Two, Monday went by, Tuesday went by, and then on Tuesday she tested me. She, it was positive, and I'm like, okay. But then Wednesday it broke, and I felt normal again. I just didn't have a little I – my energy was on the low part, but the fever was completely gone. And so that's where yeah, I was this, like, this, okay. Yeah, this thing's nonsense. It, listen, I'm vaccinated. Like, I, I, honestly, every so the, the women in my family have, have got it multiple times. Or at least have had the symptoms yeah, and everything. You, but my correct. son and I hadn't had it. My and I think my mom had had it, but my dad hadn't. So we were like all the men in my family were just kind of puffing out our chests. And then not only did I get it, <laughs> I oh it. yeah, not only did I get it, but my son yeah. or my excuse me, my dad got it, got the Paxlovid, you know whatever the medicine is, and then like a week later, my mom right. got it, and a week the, after that, the jab. He yeah, he's enough. So he's got it again. So now he's got it twice in like a month. Mm. And we're just sitting here going like this wolf's blood thing is for the birds, I guess. I it was completely I, I completely disingenuous. Unbelievable. Or not, yeah, it's not real. It's like so it's so you're telling me it take it's gonna take wolves down and werewolves down. 
That's basically what you're saying. I'm telling I'm telling you, no, I'm telling you they're probably safe. And I'm telling you, we're not I'm not quite as tough as I used to be. That's got that's the sad got reality. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Speaking speaking yeah, of guys that are down, man, that. we, so, we yeah. got a we're going into this damn training camp. We got a whole roster. Big, well, the, yeah, we got the a third man. of the roster down right now. Well, so we got some guys on PUP, but the, probably the most important guy as it pertains to uh, Packer fans is Bakhtiari still on PUP. And he's got, he was hurt back in 2020. He got what, 21 mm-hmm. snaps last year at the end of that, that Lions game. And yep. You know, I, I don't know the details. I know that he had ACL surgery. I don't know what the extent of the rest of the surgery, AG, but I can't. Right. Like, there's no I mean, scenario that is good right now if the guy's still out. True, true. And, and you got to remember that it was later in the season. It was, what, December when he had that ACL. And he came back right into the playoffs. So it was basically a year later. But what I, mm-hmm. what I, what I bring that up is because is the fact that the pressure of knowing – and how when you come back, you want to be that guy, you know. So it's not just coming back into training camp. You're coming back getting into playoff form against the best in the game right now. So I think the pressure of that, along with, you know, him being the best on the team and being the best in the league at that position, mm-hmm. had all that to correlate why he's not, st- you know, he, not, he didn't play at that time. He took those 21 snaps. That was, I think, the Detroit game. And then he didn't play a couple weeks later in the playoff game. So it was just those plays there that kind of, to him felt felt good, but why was obviously wasn't felt in the hundred percent. And obviously whatever doc on the team, you know, Dr. McKenzie, whoever thought about how he played, how he felt, that conversation was more of a conversation. Let's bench him the next game, thinking that, oh, we'll win against the 49ers, and then we'll get him back for the next game, I think, for the NFC championship game after that. So that's kind of where I where I'm do you do you think that's true though? I mean, the look the whole, look, whole process of that. But looking at not that it's true, it, just just my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, well, I would say, but looking at it now, though, because one one thing we know is that Doc McKenzie is going to err on the side of keeping the players safe, right? I mean, that's experience that you and I had with him, right? So unlike unlike a lot of other places in the league, 100%. so with with and with him being out this long, this had to be a decision that that the big man um, had a huge say in, and I just wonder, like he, I mean, yes. in, in my mind now, it shows that. This shows that there's no way he was coming back for the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship game. I mean, because he's because he's still out. Now you, they say there might be some fluid in the knee. The problem with these ACLs is there's just other things that can happen. Whether it could be an infection, whether that you know they had a yes. meniscus tear, they had a, you know there's LCL, blah 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 blah. But there's all these other things that can go into it. And we think now, like back in the day, 20, 30 years ago. You tore your ACL, depending on the position, and that was like a death sentence for a for a football player. But now it's it's I don't want to say it's run of the mill, mm-hmm. but my daughter had one. I mean, you know, we, my family's gone through it, and certainly they they happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson famously played like six or eight months after he tore his, and and so they're not they're much more commonplace. So for for this to be going on, really a year and a half plus now of not seeing major time and and not really understanding what the situation is. And and they're pretty guarded about um, at least the information they're they're willing to just close to the public, rightfully so. It's just of course, you, you of course, start doing start doing the, the game. It's like okay, well Jenkins is out, but he's probably your second best player. So Bakhtiari's not doesn't look like he's going to be ready. Jenkins is still on pup. He'll be ready at some point. We don't know when, but now you're missing your two top guys. Right. And what what I would have said going into the season as a strength on this team is becoming 
a little bit more of a question mark slash liability, yeah? Correct, yeah, because a lot of the guys, what we saw last year, rotating around because David being out there, they came in and they actually did, you know, everything did the job. And we got guys that are not on the team now um, that went off to other teams for free agency. I say, but if the I say, but for the players that are here and healthy, you know, mm -hmm. Cole Van Landen, he could get some reps in there. Um, and then Royce Newman continue to build his rep. Josh Myers, we already know he's the guy there. Yash Nyman, he could now step up and rotate between um, with Cole Van Landen at each tackles, each tackle side, because Rashi Walker, Caleb Jones being out as well for those um, undisclosed injuries. I think, now those guys can maximize this time they're going to get and then be ready, be more ready for uh, the regular season if they, if and when Joe Jenkins come back and David comes back. So I think those are, those guys right there, they less, I say they maximize this moment for them to get more reps and get that get that experience with this offense. I, this sucks because Aaron Rodgers only has so many years left. But these are the kind <laughs> yeah, of – Yeah, well, you think about but, that, yes. But these, but these kind of situations – if I'm a guy like Sean Ryan, if I'm a guy like Zach Tom, a guy that, that, I, that I'm kind of looking forward to seeing just because of his athleticism, mm -hmm. these are the opportunities right. with a well-coached offensive line. I know that, that Stenovich is going to OC, but he's still in the building. And obviously, they're bringing, you know, whoever the second command was, I can't mm -hmm. remember his name now. Um, I think it's Buckus. Uh, Buck, Luke Buckus is now going to be the, the line coach. Yep. So, and he's been around the league, you know, many years and obviously was there last year and, and is part of that development plan. So, you're going to have, you know, JRJ is going to get better. Myers is going to get better. Um, it looks like Royce is going to be the right guard in the moment, and he's going to get better. Mm -hmm. And so now you have these two other positions, one for maybe a longer than we thought, but you have a guy like Zach Tom, and you have a guy like Sean Ryan, that, and Josh Nyman, mm -hmm. of course, who, who played well last mm -hmm. year when he had the opportunity. And, you know, a lot of people would argue that maybe he should have started that game in, in San Francisco and let the chips fall where they may. And Billy Turner could have played right tackle and not put Dennis Kelly in. That you something that I know you and I discussed at length. But, look, Zach Tom yep. is going to be a player in this league, man. The guy's too athletic not to be. You know, he's, he's got a place where they're going to give him a chance to develop. He's going to be a – you know, he's going to have an opportunity. So, I'm excited about that part of it. It's just like, dude, Aaron Rodgers only got three years left, man. We don't want to waste any more time here. Yeah, yeah. They, you got to make sure you got to have that up front. The guys that protect him on game in and game out, um, healthy and the best at that position. So between center guard and tackle. But let me get into this. Our sponsors with Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source of all our betting needs and sports information. Find on the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including NBA Summer League, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news, big fights over the weekend as well, and even next season's early NFL futures, because we're right now, that's what we're talking about, uh, preseason, and that's going on for all the NFL teams, all 32 around the United States. So head to the website to or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So just use the promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to get the bonus and get into the action so bet online mike where the game starts so hey to wrap AG, up, did you know you, up, did you, you know, know did you know oh, you could do esports there did you know you could bet on esports and, and bet online ag no i did not i, I you knew can bet esports i knew there were other websites okay right i knew there were other websites i didn't know bet online did it but now that i know I'm um, gonna check it out. Uh, I've met other thing, companies right? um, going to different events. Yeah, yeah, but I, I I gotta get into it where I know it, and I make sure bets on teams. So in terms of watching the seasons on that, but yeah, it definitely will pique my interest for sure.
<laughs> well, you got it. This is there's oh, now there is man. a realm that I am completely out of uh, out of uh, sorts with. So if you got esports, AG, if there's a situation where you need a second on an esport bet, I'm your guy. But you're gonna have to lead the charge there. No problem. I could help you with that. I could do because I know the teams. I know the ones that I know players. Kind of like we know players with different, uh, you know, in NFL, baseball, basketball, stuff like that. Definitely might help you with that. But uh, looking more at this PUTP, we got other guys on offense like Tunyon. Um, then we got defensive line, uh, Dean Lowry, and a few other guys. But total, in, in total, 13 players, seven on off, seven on offense, six on defense. It's, it's just, for me, it's just, it's like, wow, that's a lot. Um, and a lot of undisclosed injuries, maybe offseason stuff or previous from the finished season, so like uh, small surgeries that not quite healed up. So as a coach coming in, I'm like, I'm not worried, but just like, I wish I, you know, would have been aware. Probably as a coach, you would have been aware of this, you know, but obviously not being in the, bu in the building, you know, we don't. But for a coach, you definitely know this coming in, knowing what you got got to work with coming training camp. Yeah, and, and – the good thing is if you start before the training starts, if you start on, uh, excuse me, on PUP, then you can come off whenever you want before, you know, before the season starts. Yep. But, you know, this kind of goes into the bigger thing we're going to talk about is the schedule that you have for a, um, for training camp. And I'm just looking at it right now, AG. So they, yes. the Packers, as yeah, I got example, the, I got that. I got the calendar up as well. Yeah. yeah I got the, the calendar the Packers up The Packers are going to well. practice, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off, Saturday on, Sunday off. Monday, Tuesday on, Wednesday off. You know, it, it, there's two on, one off, two on, one off. Two, yeah, and you get all the way down here, and it's like <laughs> I thought, like I thought I was missing some of the list. And no, no, I I, yeah. I did the same thing. I looked. I said I, maybe Mike is missing a little bit, but I'm just like I'm gonna go check. And I found it. I'm like, no, it's it's legit. Is what he what he put up is what is out there. It's like. And, yeah, it is and definitely so, not our not yeah. our training camp for sure. Well, there's the, so the first three days, it looks like there's one practice at 1030 in the morning. So who knows if they ever do double days or walkthroughs? I know they don't do double days anymore, but maybe they do walkthroughs. No, they don't do no, double days is gone. Right. So yeah. so here's here's the thing that um, here's the thing that I have a hard time. I, I just can't wrap around my head. I'm just not that smart. So I know like guys like Sean McVay started not playing their starters in, in, in preseason, which I actually really, I get. Um, we've talked about this before because you have, mm -hmm. you, when, when are you going to have that opportunity to compete? When are you going to have that opportunity to kind of compete? And, and what a lot of these guys are doing is they're practicing against each other. Like for example, I think the Packers are playing the saints two practices in a row joint mm -hmm. practice before they play each other in the preseason, either finale or the second game. Or it's the second uh, game. So, yeah. It's the second so, game. Yeah. yeah, so so you you have these opportunities to have this kind of live, kind of safe environment, live situation that you can dictate in practice now instead of having a game. So I actually I get that, but mm -hmm. when you have all these guys down, and, and you, we didn't even talk about like Christian Watson's on PUP, right? Patrick Taylor's on PUP. So you have these other guys that are younger that aren't necessarily, you know, they're fighting for positions on this team. Yeah, Jalen Hill, Pat, you're the yeah, running back. Since you, it takes, like you it takes a certain kind of team, I think. To, you know, I always thought it took a, a certain kind of veteran team to be able to do what Sean McVay did. And now you see because of um, because of the amount of of you know joint practices that they hold, they're they're taking care of that. But I just don't understand. And I, I'm being sincere with this. Like I really don't understand mm -hmm. when guys are supposed to get better because I would trade. Like I would trade a morning practice 
full pads or, you know, pad, shoulder pads and shorts where I can go bang, work my craft, get better at what I'm supposed to do, and then go home. I would trade that 10 times out of 10 for having to go sit in meetings for six hours one day and not be able to, and not be able to practice. And then what they do now is right. like, like on, on the, the first day that they're off on Friday, it's not like they don't go into the building. They meet, they just don't practice. And I, I, I just don't know right. where the NFLPA, like where did, where did they come up? This is a good idea. This is a joke because you can't get better. And they're, and they're citing a lot of like, I actually was just on a discussion uh, on a phone call this morning with a guy in the league AG and he was mm-hmm. talking about uh, they they've got these committees and it's player safety and they're they're cutting out these drills and that drills and and those drills and they're basing it on these statistics that mean nothing there's no contextual awareness and there's not right. a large enough sample size to even consider it like a viable resource but they're doing all of this because they want to what they want to get that 18th protect game the player so yeah protect that, the player so they can get that, that 18th game right exactly correct so it's it's just we're we're kind of back in this thing where I just I really don't understand how the quality of the product on the field isn't suffering because they don't practice enough. I, I just don't know. I, I I see where you're going with this. And I agree because when everything came into change was which was basically between now and the 2010 season. The question was like, you know, when you, when I start hearing about there's no more train, no more two a days, no more Oklahoma drill. No mm-hmm. more, you know, certain tackle drills, too, that was along with the Oklahoma drill that we did. And I'm like, OK, the, they're taking I see what they're doing. Like you said, they're trying to benefit the player, take away some of the physicalness in practice um, over the long haul of the training camp. I'm like, I get that. But I believe for me, I believe in general that it should still be like the coaches now got to find a way to make that terp- between the physicalness to come, you know, be in training camp to get ready to where they could work those techniques, like you mentioned, um, and McVay. And when you say having the way he's using his, uh, having veteran leadership, it'll come into practice. Cause we know as players, okay, this is the work I need. And then, you know what, and this is what the mer- bare minimum I'll, I'll say we can do to where I feel ready to play. You know, yes. we can ask ourselves that honestly and do that. I know you can, I know I can. And so when you have everybody in the room, offensively and defensively like McVay has where players will be truthfully being say, look, I could give me these many days live. I could take me these many days off. If we're saying, you know what, we can't have this many contact days, you know, blase, blase, then that's going to work. But if you have players that don't have the experience, you have young players, like you said, like we have on the, on the roster now that are out and it's like, they don't know because they're coming from college. You know, they don't understand. They, I say, they just don't know the experience that it feels what a real training camp goes through or going through what that feels like and then how that prepares you for NFL level football. I mean, for me, I remember coming, coming out of Nebraska, it was a different animal going to Seattle. It was actually the reverse for me. It was like my first regular season practice in Seattle. Uh, I came off the field like, that's it. Mm-hmm. I said, this is practice because of what we were going through with coach Osborne we between the two a days and the physicalness we had in practice in Lincoln, Nebraska, I knew I was just ready for something else in uh in Seattle. Training camp right. gave me a picture of it. Training camp was the same over in eastern Washington, banging around for those three and a half weeks out there. I was like, okay, I'm ready. This is what I've been at the college level doing. Okay. But then when the regular season practice started, I was like, wait up. We we're like saying, like, I gotta work out harder in the weight room now. Cause since we didn't work out that hard on the practice field. You yeah. know, it was like, okay, I see the 
there's a disparity I got to adjust on my own. And that's what good players do. Players that want to get better. I felt it. And you knew that because I saw you. I remember days after practice, I'm watching you flipping tires, doing your sled, doing something because you felt you needed a little bit more. And that was that same type of mindset. So for these practices that they are getting spaced out, it's just those players now is 100 percent is off that, that all season conditioning that we always talk about here on the show. That needs to be their their focus, because obviously, no, the NFL now has rules set in line for them to not be as physical in practice as we as we're talking about right now. Yeah, I just I think for for the way that we go about our business has changed. And I, I remember part of the mm-hmm. fun part when I was in, when I was working in Miami, part of the fun of it now was, OK, how do we we were doing a paradigm shift because we're not going to be as physical in, in, in football is not going to be as physical anymore in the buildings. So what, how do we get better? Yeah. And it was like, OK, you know, it actually helped us like for my it helped the way I think about things because I started going, all right, what's what is what can we break down? What simple components mm-hmm. can we turn in that we can just rep and teach and teach at different speeds and teach with different apparatus and not needing pads? What can we do so we can break this down and make these guys actually absolute technicians? It kind of forces you to go when you go away from pads, it kind of forces you to really become a master technician or break things down because you yep. can't just kind of violent your way through or violence your way through everything, right? In quotes. So there's a lot yeah. of good that comes with this, but you know, to your point, when you're just not physically on the field, you know, whether it's you know, you have you have free practices, you know, or you know, 10 30 a.m. practices and you're done, you have maybe some walkthroughs, but when you don't re- when you're not on the field for very long, it just you have to put so much time in into this game to be really good. And we've talked about this before. Yeah. We don't think the quality yes. of play at some positions is as high as it used to be. And I know everybody rolls their eyes at that, but th- this is the reason, right? The you just li- yeah. It's you literally you can't be as good. There's a reason that like Willie Anderson and, 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 and uh, Charles Bentley and all these guys, there's a reason that these linemen go meet these old guys and learn how to play offensive line. It's because they're not learning it in the buildings. Like there's a reason that there's a reason people come to me to learn, you know, to, to work on their technique. It's because we used to have to work on technique more than they do now. And so they need to, they need to find these, these avenues because they're not getting it in, uh, in training camp and during practice. It's not because of a a lack of want to, it's because of lack of resources. And so, like you said, the thing that I always love about this part is that there is a really big opportunity for players to get better. Right. They just have to do it on their own. And if they're willing to do that, like you said, then they're going to really stand out over the course of time. Yeah, because uh, it'll, it'll come out in the gameplay. So yes. what we have here. So uh, let's see. Do you think players can be good? Oh, no, they already answered that question um, pretty much. Um, so trying to see where we're at on here. Want to get into trench warfare or? Yeah, man, let's do it. Yep, I mean, it's tr- yeah, they- so what? No, you got so for me. Yeah. So for me, AG, I just wanted to talk about, you know, we've <clears throat> this training camps coming up and we just talked about this time. And so one of the things that is super important, especially we talked about Bakhtiari being out is continuity mm-hmm. within groups. Right. So I don't know. You want to hit the receiver group first, but like what, you know, there's, yes. you look at that, you look at that list of players and you say like, objectively, we have to have gotten worse because you just lost the best receiver in the game. <laughs> And now, you know what I mean? And so, and so now that's being honest, right? Yeah. We're not, we're not going to be as good in that room, but we did pick up a Sammy Watkins. Alan Lazard's got another year under his belt. Randall Cobb is 
he is what he is at this point. He's he's Aaron's one of Aaron's best friends. He's a guy. He's a, he's a safety blanket. He's a he's a leader in the room. He, he's a professional. So there's yep. a lot of ancillary you know benefits to having him there that aren't necessarily going to show up as like a thousand yard receiver. You drafted Christian right. Watson, who we had a first round pick. So you know we're we're happy with. I think where everyone's excited with that. You got Romeo Dobbs. You got Jerron Winfrey. You got Malik Taylor. You got um, Amari mm-hmm. Rogers coming back looking like he is now physically in better shape than he was when he came out last season. And, and hopefully, you know, was looking mm-hmm. to bounce back from what was an unproductive year last year. And so you've got this group of, of receivers that I think if you look at on paper, you're going to go, I'm kind of excited about this because I think they have got a nice room. Yeah. yeah. You have a nice room and, and it's just, how does that come together? Is Sammy Watkins, the kind of leader that can kind of glue that group together is Randall Cobb going to be that guy. Is Alan Lazard willing right. to take that step? Is Amari Rogers going to show up? And is he going to be the, the the multifaceted player that we think he can be? Because we look at him and he could be, you know, he returns punts. He could play in the slot. He could, he could play out of the backfield. Christian Watson could take the coverage off the, you know, the top of the coverage. Like we have some very, very interesting. Romeo Dobbs, I think he what led the, what did we say? They led the NCAA in, in long touchdowns last season. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, we've, exactly. we've got some people here. I, I don't know what this looks looks to be, but it's it's actually pretty exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. I mean, for continuity's sake, is is basically starts now with everybody now being around each other every day, um, every morning, every afternoon to uh, hang out, talk, you know, jab at each other, you know, take some technique skills or technique off of one another, um, and how that conversation, how those conversations go, and not being afraid as a young player to ask questions. You know, that that is where we're going to find out who's going to be that repl- I'll say not not fill the shoes, but who's going to step in and be that number one guy and have the mentality like Devontae have. And just bring that bring that same little uh, leadership on the field and off the field as Devontae had. You know, he didn't say a whole lot. He put, It was all with his actions. And so now it's just filling that void. And obviously it was a big void to fill. And once the once we found out that about but Devontae going to L, you know, going to the to the Raiders to Las Vegas was like, wow. We knew we kind of knew it was coming because it was rumors out there. But now to the Packers room, now you forget all that. It's like, all right, who's gonna show up? You know, who's gonna be who's gonna compete? And um, and that's the part I love about this is basically being a coach and walking in that room is like, all right, it's game time. Who's mm-hmm. gonna compete? I, I need one, two, three receivers who's gonna be the no, number three. Those top three guys. Who is in this room? I love all. Who you do you guys, think it is? But now we got. I say right now. I mean, Alan Zar. I could go with him easy because he, uh, in terms of way he came out um, and came every since he got on the roster, and I could see maybe from one of the younger guys, a guy who had a little bit of game time last year is Jawan Winfrey. He played well when he got in there, made some mistakes, but though no matter what, it was time in for him as mm-hmm. he, that he could stock away and. uh I could say maybe a sleeper because I know Sammy Watkins is going to get his time because they, they're not going to bring a guy like him in and not get time. He's going to get time. But a guy that can then push that envelope, another young guy, is Romeo Dobbs. I could see him I like that. potentially, you know, be, you know, being a guy because he's done it at the small at the college level. He led all levels, all divisions of college football at the wide receiver doing in, in doing certain things, catching deep balls, catching, you know, having receptions, things like that. Not not really not whoever else might pop up, but just for me, it'll just be interesting to see how any of those guys uh, w- w- would uh, filter out in training camp. And they can do it. I believe it. I, I think Randall, I mean, 
I, well, I, Alan Lazard is the guy just, and I think I'm probably biased because he, I like what he does in the running game. So I just think that, I think that yes. makes him a tough guy. Like I think it, it makes on top of that, right. Exactly. Yeah, it makes it a competitor. But what is, what is interesting about this group is first of all, I don't know anything about Sammy Watkins. I've never heard a story where Sammy Watkins was lauded for, you know, just being this like wild workout guy or like stays after, like, I don't know if he is Correct. or not. We'll have to see. Like, some guys Don't carry know. that. Yeah, we'll see. Some guys carry that tag. He doesn't carry that tag, so we really will have to see. But we we need that guy because you don't really have somebody in that room right now where you look at and go, okay, this is you know Randall Cobb is a professional. Again, he doesn't carry that tag as far as just being a Devontae Adams like mm-hmm. master of your craft, master technician, stay mm-hmm. late to watch film, doing all those things. Now, one thing that's great about this group is they have to go against Alexander every day, right? All and day. they have to go against Stokes every day, like. They have some talent in the secondary. And, you know, you remember when we were playing in Green Bay, our offense was a lot better than our defense. And so it's like our defense, like if you don't want to go and get your head beat in, you better show up and fight. Like Nick Barnett, I'll never forget, man. Like Nick Barnett showed up and he was way undersized. And we were like, what is this kid doing playing linebacker? But he showed up and he was like, I'm ready for the fight. Like figuratively and literally, he would try to fight you. But he, I mean, he was just—he yep. was game for it, and he became a really good player because he was playing against really top dogs every single day, and he was—he was all about competing. And those guys are going to have to look in—you know—look across the field every time they line up against some really good players in Green Bay's secondary. So I think that part of it's going to be—it'll uh, be beneficial on I think on both sides, but especially with these younger receivers. Exactly. So how about the going into the continuity of the old line for yourself? Yeah. I mean, this is what we're talking about with Bakhtiari, man. This is, this is hard because I'm looking, I'm just looking at this list right now and you're trying to think about who is that veteran who's going to just pull everybody together. And you're like, well, it's Bakhtiari, you know, I mean, John, <laughs> right. Ren, John, 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 right. Jr. is around, you know, third, third year, Josh Myers, second Royce Newman, second Elgin Jenkins injured Colvin, you know, Zach, Tom, Sean Ryan, rookie, Josh Nyman, third year. There's just not like who's the guy that's going to step up and be like, this is the way we're going to do business. And you have um, you have an offensive line coach who's been in the building but has not run his own ship at the NFL level, right? And he's and okay. he's not an yeah. NFL guy, that's right? A question mark. Adam, yeah. So now you've got Adams moving on and probably making sure that this group has got their stuff together. But you don't really have a guy in that room not named Bakhtiari. And Bakhtiari, we, again, he's one of those guys that he does everything a little bit different, but he's a, he's a constant pro. He's a guy that the, all these guys would look to as a mentor if, if, if he's willing and able and available. But they don't have right. that guy right here. And so I'm super interested. And, and again, for the first time in a while, we're looking at across the field now going, oh, well, Kenny Clark's pretty good. Um Rashawn Gary, <laughs> right. Rashawn Gary's going to be a problem, right? Like Jaron Reed's not easy yep. to move. Devontae Wyatt's going to be a good rookie. You, you start going like Dean Lowry's now no slouch. Like they're going to, yep. they're going to have to bring, the if they get to play in pads and if they, you know, we don't, all these practices, if they get to compete, a lot of these young guys are going to be, I've seen Rashawn Gary on Instagram. He's ready. I promise you he's ready mm-hmm. for the season right now. You know what I mean? Preston Smith, he's, they're going to be ready yeah. for the season. So, so it, it's going to be super interesting. I don't know who that guy's going to be. I'm super. I think John Runyon Jr. could be a, a leader because he's got the pedigree, and he's got the attitude. You know, and I, we know he's yeah, been working his yeah, ass yeah. off. 
But without Bakhtiari yep. there, man, it's a different ball of worms there for sure. Oh, it definitely is. I mean, because uh, they just because sometimes young players are just basically searching for themselves, and so they don't have the mind and Good the point. time to say, "Okay, I'm I'm searching for myself." But then, oh, oh, they're looking at me, you know, to lead or say something, and it's like, oh, then and, and that conversation is not going to happen because it's just the experience is not there. So, um, so going into the work in uh, defensive rookies here, which we have a few um, on the roster here, we got. Uh, I know Devontae Wyatt, as you just mentioned, a guy from Georgia coming out of a good team there, good coaching, um, and know that coming out of the S was the SEC, ACC, ACC, one of the one one of the best competitive SEC, Georgia uh, college conferences, SEC, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. uh, best competitive conferences down there. So having him and a few other guys here on defense, we got Quay, with, uh, listen, Wisdom Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt. The first two guys are from yep. Georgia, right? And and they're yep. they're both going to see the field. And I think when you look at our defense, I think. You know, if, if you said, are we better or worse every, you know, different levels of defense than last year, I think mm-hmm. defensive line wise, you know, it's probably a toss up because you are losing. a He was unhealthy last year, but you're losing Zedarius and he was a force Zedarius, of nature. Yes. Right. So we got to say, is problem Wyatt, right. Is he going to is he gonna, they, they didn't really bring anybody in. What we thought they were going to do is bring in somebody to replace a guy like him on the edge, but they didn't. So mm-hmm. they they brought in Devontae White. They brought in a couple of younger guys, but I'm not I'm not expecting them to replace as Darius Smith. But they did bring in Devontae Wyatt, who who can add to the pass rush in the middle. We play three down linemen in our traditional in our in our first second down defense. So he's a guy that can show mm-hmm. up and, and start to make some, some things happen. He's a freak athlete. Then you look at the linebacker crew, and we got Quay Walker coming in, and we love Chris Barnes, but they brought this guy in. So we have to say net net. They think that they've improved because they have an all pro in Devontae Campbell. They have Chris Barnes, who's a who's a known commodity, who's a leader on this team, and now they brought a guy who can really kind of shape shift your defense as far as going between base nickel and maybe even running, not having to run dime anymore because you can leave him on the field. So those those areas of the field should be a little bit better. It's just a question of, especially with for me, especially with Quay Wagner, how we've talked about this before. Like, how is that going to look? You've got a lot of guys in in uh, the the secondary. You're going down with. Stokes, Amos, Savage, Rasul, Douglas, Jair Alexander, like all of these guys can justify being in the game in a dime package. So how do we, Yeah. how do you, do you want them on the field? How does that, how do we make that work? You make it work by basically when they show up in practice and they know what they're doing, they execute what has been told, you know, if it's a cover three coverage, if it's a blitz, and they have the, I say for me, because I'm looking at this as you know, as I'm the defensive line coach or the linebacker, their coach, linebacker coach. I'm looking for technique being played. And then when the defensive huddle is there, they're in the huddle, paying attention to the play call, and then they execute their 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 position and what they're supposed to do. Their, their responsibilities, if it's cover three, if it's a blitz or anything like that. And then once I see that continually over and over again, then those are the guys I'm hoping like, okay, I got confidence in this player. You know, when the coaches come together and have their defensive meetings of who we're going to put in these preseason games just to see how they're looking. I'm, I'm going to put flags or a X or a flag. Oh yeah. Flag behind the name or X on that name saying, Hey, these players look like this during practice. Um, they execute, they know the technique, they know the responsibilities of all our coverages and the packages that we run. Boom. Let's try them out. Now let's just see them in live fire and see what happens. So that's as a coach looking at that from the kind of, it wasn't a question you asked, but just to have it out there, that's what I'm going to look at. Know, for those players getting on the field as a defensive rookie 
because this defense right now is one of the best, still one of the best defenses in the league, in my opinion, and still want well, to stay on top of there. You know, they didn't finish the season very well last year. You know, we talked about that last True. time we were on. Yeah. You know, they, they, they had some slip-ups, and so they, they did they did address some of this stuff. That You know, Z Smith not being there, mm-hmm. I know he didn't play a lot last year, but he was a force when he was in the game. They do have, if you look at their at their secondary, we really have five guys that I think everybody's excited about, and then everything else is speculation. So, you know, looking at from, you know, again, going back to kind of where does Quay Walker fit into this thing? You know, I look mm-hmm. at it and go, okay, well, that's your nickel package right there. And if you want to move forward, like one of those guys is probably going to get hurt. You know, it happens every year. So you're going to probably have yeah, like somebody like Rasul Douglas show up and go, oh, man, I didn't know he was going to be like that. But all of a sudden he's a, he's going to be a stalwart in the defense this year, most likely. Um, I know that right. Savage wants to play uh, slot nickel or slot, yeah, slot corner, but it looks like they're going to keep him in the back on the back end. But, he, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's some, maybe some combinations where you fit a six guy in there and you go to a dime. But listen, this, this, this defense needs to take that next step. And how do they do it? I think that, number one, they do it with, with uh, Rashawn Gary being a game plan guy this year. Kenny Clark continued to play better. Like, those two are going to have the biggest impact on the field. Devondre Campbell following up an excellent year with another excellent year. I think he's been doing it for a long time. Nobody just noticed because it was on bad yep. teams. But, and he, you know, like to mm-hmm. his point, he said, hey, listen, just put me in one spot and I can, I can shine. So they're going to continue to do that, and he's going to continue to have uh, you know good years for the for the Green Bay Packers. But those guys are the most important to me. But you look at these these you know little pieces, Devondre, you know Wyatt. You look at Quay Walker, and then you look at how these these five uh, kind of what we'll call our star caliber uh, secondary fit into the in, into the puzzle and make everything work. Like it could be exciting, man. We could be a top five defense. We really could, and I, we don't say that about Green the Green yeah. Bay Packers very often. Yeah, I mean, because like I said, excited, very excited about the young rookies they got from both from Georgia, like we talked about, and just the and the veterans in the room. You know, those two linebackers, uh, Barnes and uh, Devondre. Uh, you know, they have that leadership that I believe they could bring along those guys at the positions that they have for rookies. And then obviously the defense comes together from that standpoint because the back end is still great athletes in terms of all the players there. Alexander Stokes being the young guys that are really doing it, but bringing that all together would be something. It'd be something fun to watch here. So. uh Want to head on to get off my line, Mike? It's a lot of foolish, yeah, a lot of foolishness going on. And this first one here, I agree with you. It is a headache being a, a, I say, a coach and a teacher. It's like, no, I don't need no more lists. I got enough. (laughs) I'm so So tired. Go ahead. So we we (laughs) interact like you. You're better than I am at it. But like you know, interact on on social media and this and that. Right. Nowadays, every and, and you know our sponsors and the guy, you know, everybody comes out with these lists, and it's like they put together these lists, and then people just debate them. It's like the it is literally the most useless thing, and ESPN does it. And Johnny yes. down the street does it, and the high school coach and here in San Diego does it, and everyone's got a list. And I gotta tell you, I could care. I just and, and somehow I get tagged on all these damn lists, and I don't care about these lists at all. Right. And, and then I feel, and you almost feel like, God, am I? I mean, should I react? No, because oh. like you pick a position, like we've talked about it before, the depth, the difference in talent between like the elite, the top guys, like the two or three tackles in the league and everybody else, the two or three quarterbacks in the league and everybody else, the two or three, the, the Derrick Henry, the Jonathan Taylor, the CMC, if he's healthy, 
the Alvin Kamara, yeah, and healthy. everybody else. Like the the drop off is real, and it's yeah. more real at, at some at some uh, positions than positions. others, right? But yep, yep. I, I mean, it's it's just like <clears throat> you could you may people make an entire career out of making these lists. So I'm not, and I'm obviously like I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm obviously wrong here because everybody loves them. But I'm like every right. single day, I feel like there's four more lists that I'm supposed to react to, and I'm just like, dude, this is just get and. and Sometimes the guys that are making up the list, I'm like, am I supposed to know or respect who this guy is enough you, to give, yeah. a, give a damn who's that it's his list? Like, it would be like the equivalent of AG if you were like, uh, Amon Green's favorite ice cream flavors. Here's my list, like definitive list. I don't give a shit, man. I didn't know you were an ice cream expert. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you are, but that's <laughs> right. just not how I see you. So I don't know. Right. Right. But that, I mean, it's like you said, it's all born off of social media and, uh, it, it is. It's just that it's the it's people reaching out and keeping, uh, staying relevant on their social media social media account, posting something every day, um, and it's like, wow. Because I remember I've done some shows, and th- that was a segment on a show. A whole we had fifteen minutes dedicated to going through food list from international from around the world you know so it I, is listen, we do like we're all guilty of it right like we're guilty of it because you have to talk way. about something but this is yeah. why you and i and that's part of it too radio. you got to talk about something. Yeah. this is why you and i can't do real radio <laughs> because i my in my mind i'm like man real radio like it sounds like a fun gig and then i'll like i'll be like i'll be driving in the car at like 6 a.m and i'll be listening to like right. Keisha, jay will and max and I, I love Keyshawn, man i think Keyshawn's the best but then I'll right. be like driving around at like 8 a.m. and I'll be like, dude, am I hearing the same thing? Because they got to recycle everything every hour. So they got to take yep. about the same thing three times a day. And I'm like, dude, that no wonder you have so many lists. Like now I get it, right? But God, man, it's yes. just a lot, bro. It's a lot. Get off my yeah, lawn. It, it, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, get off my lawn with that. And it's, this same one coming up for me is the national day. Like I put on the list here. You know, well, they had one fun, a fun one. National Tight Ends Day was last year. I was yep. watching that, watching some stuff on NFL Network. National Salad Day. Now, I'm not saying these are day. They might be days. National Smoothie Day. Like, I come probably on. Like, who, my question. I'm like, who is the person or people that actually makes this a national day? Because I'm thinking national days has to come from the government and then then gets thrown on the American calendar. But when I'm hearing National Bestie Day, National Video Game Day, which I don't mind, but it is interesting hearing like. Who gives the power? Just like with this list. Here's the deal. Here's the deal, AG. And you remember when you were a kid, remember when you were a kid, 7-Eleven on 7-Eleven is National Ice uh, 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 Slushy Day. Slurpee Day. Slushy Day. Slurpee. So you get a free Slurpee. You get a free small Slurpee at 7-Eleven on 7-Eleven. Okay? So July 11th, Mm. you get a free Now, what I'm telling you is that's not a national holiday. But that's about as close when I was a kid. That's about as close to a national holiday as, as I as I was willing to get. True. Because they give away right. something for free. So if you so if you're gonna tell me it's National Smoothie Day, I want to walk into Smoothie King and get a free smoothie. If it's National Salad, I want to go anywhere. Yes, get, exactly. Exactly. That's the only way it could be national anything. If it's just like I got to observe. If it's not. Na- if it's another National Observation Day where I have to observe something. And we all have to sit here and be depressed and talk about. I don't want to do that anymore. I only want happy days or, where I get free stuff. Exactly. Happy days or nothing. Cause like, I got to commit to something. Like, hold up, time out. This, what's this? What was this? 
a committee. I'm like, this is just a date on a on a calendar out there on the internet that I don't even know exists. My right. wife's telling me, or the daughter, my daughters are saying, "Hey, Dad, you got to do this because this is National Bestie Day. I got you got to come hang out with." It. I'm like, "Huh? What's, what's this when? If it's when, extra man? work, like, listen. That, if it's extra work for you, it's not a real day. You know what I mean? It's not. Or money out our pocket, or money out our pocket is not yes. a real holiday. You got to put, you know, make it make it to where we don't have to spend money. And so this next one, this is now. Okay. Tell me about." All right, so thing? I don't even know. Okay, he's bring this he's up. one of the smartest men in the world, but he's, he's doing the richest man in the world. Right. Elon Musk is everybody's right. hero. And he's I, and he just he, like his exploits are becoming more and more legendary because yes, he has are. like 13 kids and he's oh had my God. Out of, hold up, time out. Had, I didn't oh, know yeah, that. He's got like, yeah, he's like trying to repopulate. Like the, the mission to Mars is just for his children. Like the guy's an amazing, the guy's really? an absolute, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's like, the, he's a horse they put out to stud, man. The guy's amazing. So he's like, he's like, he's like the, the, the world's version of uh, An- An- Anthony Cromartie or whatever his name is. Dude. Like remember Cromartie back in the oh, day? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember. So, yes, okay. unfortunately. So, so, so anyways, so Musk, like he, he was all over the Johnny Depp case because he had like a three-way with Amber Heard and like some other girl. And like, uh, you know, I'm going, Elon Musk did all this stuff? Because he's kind of like an awkward dude and everything. But you're like, yeah, I, I don't know, whatever. Right. He's, yeah, he's like, cool, I get it. I would not expect him. That would be the last person I would expect to be in a menage, okay? So so then, so then, at like the front page of the paper today, like a like Wall Street Journal paper, it was like Elon Musk is having, was having an affair with Sergey Brin, who's like one of the co-founders of, or no, co-CEOs of, uh, of uh, what, Google, Microsoft. Like he was sleeping with his wife. He was having an affair with his wife. Knocked him. And like, the, dude, the guy, the guy's running three companies. He had two kids out of at, like out of wedlock with like the CEO of Neuralink. Like, he knocked her up twice, or you know, once with two kids, something like that. Like, the guy doesn't sleep, man. Like, he he's he's planning the say, mission to Mars. He's boring tunnels under underneath Los Angeles. He's got Tesla. He's creating gigafactories in right. China. And he's knocking up, he's sleeping with everybody's wife. I mean, the guy, I don't, the Neuralink thing must be what he, what the, what the key to all of it is. He must have a chip in his brain. He doesn't have to sleep. It I must, mean. Because the only thing I was really aware of is, was Tesla. And I knew of some investments, maybe. Oh, no, and then man, this guy, Mars. I knew the this best. guy is amazing. SpaceX. And I thought I was busy. Yeah, well. Yeah, I knew about listen, SpaceX whatever, and if, Tesla. If you think you're doing anything. Just read, yeah, read his business. No. Read his day, his calendar, and it doesn't even include like, uh, you know, go get with so and so's wife at nine, 9 p.m. or whatever. But it, right between him right. and Vince McMahon, I mean, it's quite a week for uh, quite quite a week for, for, CEOs. For, for for famous CBOs, man. Like Vin, Vince, man, famous, you gotta love Vince. Yes. Vince McMahon, you gotta go. Yeah, okay, like you know, they, oh yeah, he's got to step down. Well, yeah, of course, it's Vince McMahon. Like, what do you think was that going on? Like I watched this yeah, thing. That, on now Oscar. that wouldn't surprise me at all. No, not at all. But like you, like I saw this thing on. Uh, I don't know, dude. I was sick, right? So you're watching, you're binge watching everything. And like everything. on A and E, on A and E, they had this like uh, they had this thing on with Randy Macho Man Savage. They did this like whole thing, like, this whole hour show. And uh, I forgot his real name now and everything. But Macho, Macho Man's everybody's favorite, right? But then you realize right. you look back and like the way he treated Miss Elizabeth, who was his like wife in real life, and like you know, came out and did the whole thing. Like the way that he treated right. her, you look back because you know it was the 80s and, and times were different, but also it was like a character and you yeah, just a lot like, different. Ah. And dude, like, like what's real, what's not, right? Yeah, yeah, but like now you're like, man, that oh, there's like there's just an incredible amount of stuff where 
if you have made it from then to now and not gotten fired, I'm like Vince McMahon. I'm kind of like, you know what, dude? You made it a lot farther than you probably should have, just given what the climate was then and what it is now and what is absolutely not okay now, what was maybe passable right. then. Like, this, we are in a different place right now, man. And they're just, these, these two guys in particular were just busy. They had busy weeks. Just unbelievable. I'm, I, right. I'm not, I don't want to say like I'm impressed, like I want to emulate them. I'm just impressed with like the amount of stuff people can get done in a day. All right, hundred. Yeah, that when I saw that, I'm reading this line that you put in the, the run of show here. I'm like, what is yeah. he up to? I like, I thought it was, I thought it was just the cars and mm. going to Mars, cars mm. and Mars. That's all I thought. I didn't because this inner it takes energy, like you said, sleep and just time that people. That's why there's so many time traveling movies out there because that's one expense that we can't get back at all. We can't do nothing with time. Time. I'm telling just you. keeps rolling forward, you know, and it, and he has, like you say, he has the brain thing. So, yeah, you might have a chip in that thing in his brain that's making him do multitask. He's multitasking, basically. Oh, he's definitely multitasking. All right. Now, tell me, now let's go to the next line here. Last line. Forget off my line, Mike. What's this here going on? Uh, so, so deep. So Deshaun Watson, like, he's a top five quarterback talent oh. in the league, right? And my whole, my whole thing is, I don't know, this is another Roger Goodell, like, I don't know what they're doing, but you, they should come out and say something definitively, like, now. Like, let's not drag this yes. out anymore. You know what I mean? Like, this is not, we we don't need this. This has been, regardless of what you think Overing. about Deshaun Watson or the, the women involved in the case, this is an absolute mm-hmm. embarrassment for the National Football League on every level, right? Like, 100%. like the, guy, the guy needs to be suspended for a year, two years, you pick, you pick the date just, and just get, get him out of the building, get him away from the media, get him out of the conversation. Let the Browns, like you have professionals on that team that are out there trying to do a job, right? This guy is not going to play this year because he is a black eye and embarrassment on the Cleveland Browns, on the city of Cleveland, on the national football league, just for being involved in what he's involved in, regardless of you think he's guilty, innocent, just for being involved. Hey, listen, man, you got to go and you got to go for a while. Let the professionals who work their entire lives to be part of the National Football League be competitive mm-hmm. players and make a difference and a mark for their families. Let them go deal with this season without having to sift through this crap for you know another two, three, four weeks. Because he's not. Everyone knows yeah. he's not playing, man. This is stupid. Yeah, it, it's just interesting where the conversation, like you said, why the conversation is still going. I agree, and these are just decision decision make made, and then boom. So these guys, so the guys that are actually there in the building to coach and play football um, and do their job for Cleveland Brown City in terms of that organization, they could go do it without this big bump in the road of a distraction. Like you said, great, great, you know, great quarterback, but done some things that hey. It is what it is. But, yeah, let's move on. Let's turn the page as we just did here to wrap up this show here. So thank you for tuning in. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Green 30 all one word. And uh, I stream as well. I do another one on Wednesdays. That's the Gamers Lounge where I talk about a little video game. So I'm going to check up Ben Online, our sponsor. You got see it. what's on the slate of overs and unders in the esports world. So I'm excited about that. I knew of other companies that do it, but know that Online does it. It's great to hear. So, Mike, let everybody know where they can find you as well. 
Yeah, MikeWall68 on Twitter, process to perform on Instagram, AG. Always a pleasure, man. I'm glad we're back. Excited to see this, uh, you know, this monstrous schedule that we have next couple uh, days here. I think we got a whole three practices in the next seven days. So we'll have a lot to talk yeah, about. So we probably, got stuff to probably, talk about. Well, the probably, I was going to say they're probably, hopefully they're wearing helmets because they're probably not wearing pads, but uh, we could speculate, man. It's, Correct. it's what we're going to do here for a while. Right, right. I just saw a preview. I got my, my other monitor. I have NFL Network Network on, and I mm. saw helmets on. So I Thank saw God. a helmet. I saw a flash of a helmet. So there we go. So, yeah, we'll be back next week with more information and stuff to talk about, like we just said. So thanks for tuning in. And uh, go to all the podcasts. I say ecosystem places, Spotify, iHeart, Buzzsprout, uh, Apple Podcasts. We are all on those uh, places and you can listen to our past episodes as well. Give us the feedback. We always love to hear it to get better. So thank you and see you next week. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.